Good morning. This is Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the schedule for next season is becoming clearer. KCP gets a DPOY vote. And our own Harrison Fagan is feuding with Howard Beck. Let's start with those key dates. So per Shams Karania of The Athletic, he writes, Sources, key dates for the 2021-2022 NBA season. Crazy, man. I just feel so—I am old. September 29th is when the training camp is going to start. October 19th is going to be the kickoff of the NBA season. April 16th, the playoffs are going to start. June 2nd, we are going, going to get back to a June finals series. June 19th will be Game 7, should it come be and come and be necessary. And then June 23rd will be the 2022 NBA Draft. What this means for the Lakers? Well, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and all the, the rest of the organization, quite frankly. We just had Kyle Goon of the OC Register on uh, Lakers Lounge today with Harrison and myself. And the organization is exhausted. So they now get four months to recharge to recover, and then to get back at it, both in terms of the personnel that they want to figure out, and then also in terms of each individual's player's health. So that's all good news. Obviously, you would prefer the break to be shorter because that would mean the Lakers would still be playing, but I would trust LeBron, Anthony Davis, and this Lakers organization to make the best of this amount of time that they are going to have off. The Lakers finished with the top defense in the league this year, and the only player to get any kind of recognition for the Defensive Player of the Year voting was Contavious Caldwell-Pope. He got one third-place vote, uh, which I get and I kind of don't get. Obviously, you would want more recognition for the top defense in the league, but defense is a team construct. It's something that everybody comes together and defends uh, together on the court with. And so I think, the Lakers not getting any recognition while they accomplished what they did defensively this year almost feels right. It's a, it feels oddly satisfying that a group of role players basically without their two superstars at the top of the roster would come together and still grind out that kind of a season on that end of the court. Uh, I, I would say that had Anthony Davis stayed healthy, had LeBron James stayed healthy, those guys probably warrant more attention there because Defensive Player of the Year voting is also a a huge reputation award as well. So congratulations to Contavious Caldwell-Pope. There were some snide comments of uh, KCP receiving that Defensive Player of the Year vote. I don't have as big a problem with it. I could see why some people, given some of the defensive individual talents across the league, might say, well, that's kind of weird. But... From that voter's perspective, I could see that voter saying, no, this is the best defense in the league. This guy was there all year, and this guy had to guard multiple positions and and had to stick with some of the the quicker guards in the league and then also go out and defend some of the the, the wings out there. So kudos to KCP for defending the way that he did. Let's just hope next year somebody on the Lakers gets a little bit more recognition because that would mean Rudy Gobert doesn't win. And finally, Harrison Fagan wrote today for Silver Screen and Roll about this Lakers season. And and one of the takes, one of the pervasive takes, more pervasive, frankly, than I thought it was going to be, was that 
oh, see, given the way that the Lakers went all in, is that now a failure because of uh, the way that this season ended? One, I disagree with the take. I think it's a stupid take. Uh, Harrison also disagrees with it. And two, I, I think, as Howard Beck said on the show, you can win the trade, and the Lakers, now that they've won a championship, have have concretely, definitively won that trade. But on top of that, I think it's I think Howard Beck also makes a fair point when he says that the Lakers overpaid given the situation. Not that you can overpay for an Anthony Davis in a vacuum, but given that Boston wasn't trading away Jason Tatum, given that the other team that Davis was interested in going to was the Knicks and they didn't have anything to trade at the time, given those were the realities of the situation and given the lack of leverage that New Orleans had, the Lakers probably could have held on to an additional asset here or there. But I think the one thing to keep in mind, even even as I say that, is that, remember, the New Orleans Pelicans, one, were angry at Anthony Davis and Rich Paul and, to an, uh, by extension, LeBron James, and then by extension there, the Lakers, for how that trade demand was handled. Two, they certainly didn't like how Magic Johnson handled the Lakers' side of negotiations not just from the standpoint of what he was offering, because what the Lakers wound up trading wasn't that different from what the Lakers were offering with, with Magic Johnson, but also in terms of the publicity Magic brought to those negotiations where every new development was made public uh, from from often from Magic Johnson's phone. So those are the things to keep in mind there. Even while it would have been nice to hold on to, say, Josh Hart or not be able to to you know keep one of the future firsts or 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 one of the pick swaps not come into play that way the Lakers could use that trade or use that first rounder in some other kind of a trade but at the end of the day the Lakers got Anthony Davis they won their championship and by the way are going to be in position to potentially win a championship next year so I'm not going to give the entire column away from Harrison I thought it was really good but those are things to keep in mind there. Things to keep an eye out for across Silver Screen and Roll on this specific podcast feed. Did record a really fun episode yesterday with Kyle Goon of the OC Register. Harrison, uh, Kyle, and myself all got together and discussed the ridiculous take that the Lakers somehow, they, there should be an asterisk on the Lakers championship run from last year. Uh, and we, we discussed the amount of fatigue that the entire organization faced this year as a result of last year. Kyle Goon gave us some uh, some, some of what he experienced in the bubble while he was covering the team down there in Orlando. And then we wrap things up on an extension of the conversation regarding the Lakers' competition culture versus just promising roles out there as a, as a means of landing certain players. So really fun show there. As I mentioned a second ago as well, Harrison had his article. If you haven't checked it out, check out uh, Kristen Rivas' article on whether the Lakers should run it back or clear the deck next year. And then, as you would imagine, as we get deeper into the postseason, more of those rumors are going to start swirling, and we'll have that all covered for you at SilverScreenAndRoll.com as well. Until next week. I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a great rest of your weekend. Make somebody else's. I'll talk to you on Monday.